Nation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. Welcome to the show that brings you all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. It is now time to go Beyond the Bell. Welcome everyone to another edition of that Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the world by storm. It's once again time for Beyond the Bell, powered by the SNS Radio Network. And I'm your host, ring announcer, Sean Beckerman. This is where we turn back the clock to rewind and relive all things classic and retro in wrestling. Tonight we discuss the talk shows of professional wrestling the entertainment side of sports entertainment. These are the shows that set up feuds, built up feuds, added more fuel to the fire, developed characters, and built anticipation for big events. You would think talk shows would involve maybe just the talkers of professional wrestling, the managers, the announcers. No, it went even to the extent to the professional wrestlers themselves. For some shows, the superstar made the show, and for others, the show made the superstar. But no matter what show you're talking about, it absolutely played a major role in the history and laying the groundwork for the business of professional wrestling. Tonight, we discussed the most popular and well-remembered shows, the talk shows of professional wrestling and sports entertainment. Now, before we start our list, let's go back. I mentioned it last year, At the end of 2012, we had an edition in which we remembered Piper's Pit, one, if not the most memorable and most entertaining talk shows of all time. So I suggest going back into the archives for the show that remembered Piper's Pit. We separated that show above these shows due to the sheer fact that there were so many pits, so many memorable moments, and we're talking about a Hall of Famer. And, of course, you should fit a whole show and dedicate a whole show to Piper's Pit itself. So we have to mention Piper's Pit first, the forefather of talk shows in professional wrestling. So tonight we'll use Piper's Pit as our standard bearer, our guideline or baseline of what a talk show should be. Some talk shows we'll speak about tonight will live up to the Piper's Pit expectations and some not so much. That doesn't mean they aren't worthy of speaking about here at Beyond the Bell. So let's buckle up and get ready. The talk shows of professional wrestling. The ones that made us love sports entertainment so much. The Barber Shop. Brutus the Barber Beefcake's talk show was set in a barber shop with a candy cane stripe pole and all the accessories that any barber shop needed. Brutus the Barber Beefcake's barber shop was not anything special in terms of microphone skills, but it was eventful in terms of the actual monumental moments that took place on the show. Brutus wasn't 
the best on the mic. He didn't have the gift for gab, but something about the barbershop worked. It was one of the best shows in terms of laying the groundwork for feuds that were occurring in the WWF at the time. It was the site for some of the greatest moments in WWE history. Shawn Michaels and his tag team partner Marty Jannetty were on the verge of a split. In what seemed like to be a reunion between the two, Shawn Michaels turned on Jannetty and actually threw him through the barbershop window. Hence one of our sponsors, Barbershop Window. Glass shattered and Marty was bloody while the future heartbreak kid propelled into singles superstardom. any good. just for the sheer fact of Marty being thrown through the glass window and Sean setting up to be the heartbreak kid and eventually a Hall of Fame superstar. One of the things that makes talk shows so memorable or accessible in terms of entertainment value is due to the quality of being able to transition onto the house show circuit. The barbershop was able to do that. Sure, you didn't have the the red and white striped pole, you know that a typical barbershop would have, or the chair, the scissors, but you had Brutus Beefcake in the center of the ring. I remember exclusively in Madison Square Garden, able to have the barbershop segment between superstars, possibly setting up feuds later that night on the house show card. That plays a role into the quality of a talk show. So the host wasn't the best of hosts, but it made. He made the barbershop memorable in his own fashion. And we're not talking about his actual fashion-esque attire that Brutus Beefcake would wear when he was basically showing his entire buttocks region at times with his sheer tights. But the barbershop will forever be remembered as one of the greatest talk shows ever in pro wrestling history. My guest this week... Hope he does it right. Let out by Ric Flair. Ric Flair! Oh! He doesn't even say the real heavyweight champion. Why should he say that? Hulk Hogan's not there this week. No, but we're talking about the real heavyweight champion in the world. If this imbecile wants to have a barber shop and invite people on, he better show a little respect. Who's going to be giving the advice out there? You got Scary Sherry and also Whippleman. Give me a break. If I've said it once, I've said it a million times. Everybody's got a price for the million dollar man, and there's nothing in this world that my money can't buy. And up till right now, I've always said that there's nothing I couldn't put a price tag on. Well, brother, I have found something that even I can't put a price tag on, and you're looking at it. Take a look at this team, baby. We are priceless. <laughs> you know something it looks like to me? 
that in Survivor Series, the key is teamwork. Now, how do you expect to get a Motley crew like this to function as Motley? a team, Mr. Flair? You couldn't be talking to this crew calling us Motley, pal. You're looking at money. You're looking at precision. You're looking at the power of power. And you're looking at the million dollar woman. Carlito's Cabana. Carlito is a rude, egotistical superstar who spits an apple into people's faces that he does not think are cool. His Cabana show usually consisted of him spitting the apple into another wrestler's face and a brawl would ensue. One of the best parts about the show is the whole set. A set plays a major part in the entire presentation of a talk show. Fake sand and water are set up along with a couple of palm trees and, of course, a hammock because it's cool. One of the funniest additions to the cabana was when John Cena came in and just sat and made fun of Carlito for a couple of minutes. Carlito's cabana had a nice soothing Caribbean theme with palm trees and the hammock seemed so fitting for the character. Refreshments were coconuts with straws in them. You would think this would make the guests feel relaxed while getting interviewed on this set. Carlito is a guy who loves to belittle and usually gets into a confrontation with his guest at the time. His way of showing his guest out of the ring was by actually spitting an apple at the end. It should be noted that Eminem debuted on Carlito's Cabana by giving Rey Mysterio a beatdown, debuting future superstar John Morrison. Let's not forget about Joey Mercury as well. It was different, but had the prototypical or the cookie-cutter staple components that a talk show needs. You had the set, which set it apart from others, the icon and logo of the show, and a charismatic host. So some people think that Carlito doesn't have any huevos. Well, Carlito's not afraid of anybody. As a matter of fact, things went so well last week that I decided to have the same exact guest on my show this week. Ladies and gentlemen, the WWE Champion, John Cena. Welcome to Carlitos Cabana. <laughs> I know last week I was only a guest, but tonight is Buffalo, this is special. And tonight, Carlito himself has allowed me to host Cena's Cabana. Hey, Cena's Cabana. And I promise you folks, we got a great show for you tonight. 
Huey Lewis of the News will be here. All right. But my first guest, this guy's a very important person. Apparently he's a little angry about something that happened last week. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for the current WWE champion, John Cena. John, honestly, thank you for coming back on the show, but really, tonight, how are you feeling? Actually, John, I'm pretty pissed. Because last week on Raw, some punk spit apple in my face. And I think it's time to do something about it. Uh oh. Oh, oh. Before we start throwing stones, I believe you, do we have a, we have a clip, we have a clip of this, KD in the truck. Can we get a clip, please? Roll the clip, roll away. Here's what happened last week, ladies and gentlemen. John Cena and Randy Orton's at ringside, remember that. Orton at ringside, Cena had everything seemingly under control against Carlito. But the distraction there allowed, right, bam, the backstabber to happen. And that was all it took, Carlito beats Cena. Thanks to a little help game from Randy Orton. Here is your winner. The number one contender. And it was not over at that point oh. because that's when, well, the apple was spit. That's uh, extremely graphic. And right in the face of the WWE champion. And now the spit may hit the fans. Wow, no denying that. Folks, that is real, real apple. That must have been... Uh, that must have been something, but John, I couldn't help but notice another gentleman in that video, slender, wearing a t-shirt and underwear, a metrosexual type of fellow. Who was that? That was Randy Orton. A man who has been ending careers, a man who has been making statements, and a man who at SummerSlam believes he will be the next WWE Champion. Well, John, if you don't mind, I got a message for Randy Orton. You see, I believe the champ is here. the champ is here that is very catchy little too cliche but i think it may catch on ladies and gentlemen you can catch him every monday night at nine on the usa network and in three weeks do not miss the biggest party of the summer give it up for wwe champion john cena pretty good they are hell of a guy hell of a future but now now is my absolute favorite time on the cabana because now is time for the Cabana's top three. All the way from the home offices in West Newberry, the top three reasons why I should trash the Cabana and beat the crap out of Carlito. Uh-oh. Letterman has a top ten. Carlito Cabana, Cena's Cabana, top three. Reason number three. These are the only nuts Carlito will ever have. Reason 
Number two. Because in real life, Carlito doesn't even like apples or spitting them out. He would rather swallow a banana. Oh. Uh-oh. And reason one. Because that, my friend, is cool. Here we go! A John Cena assaulting a man that we've seen him last week. It's been in Cena's face. Carlito and Frank. Hey, hey, hey! Where's Randy Orton? The Dirt Sheet. The Miz found success on the Dirt Sheet with former tag team partner John Morrison. Unlike the current Miz TV, where no one cared if it's on, it could be debatable. The Dirt Sheet was comedic gold, and it was very entertaining at the same time. Very comedic exchanges between the two. The show had a little twist to it. It was entertaining. It was cutting edge, different for the time. The chemistry between Miz and Morrison was phenomenal. Their comedic routine on the show was to mock and make fun of other WWE superstars. They mocked Evan Bourne, Ricky Ortiz, DX, Elijah Burke, a.k.a. The Pope, CM Punk, and countless others. There are over 60 episodes of The Dirt Sheet, as there are too many gems to pick from. Just go to YouTube or go to the WWE fan page or their website and take a look and go back and see the evolution of the Miz character and what made them so popular to where it propelled them to the tag team championships with a long reign. Sure, this was at at a time when the tag team division wasn't so hot, but it pushed them both to the next level, which got them over and in turn helped the Miz's career to eventually win the WWE Championship and Morrison to countless singles titles as well. It helped them get over with the fans, especially internet fans, and then it garnered the eyes of The Office, which is every superstar's dream or goal. For a couple of shows, it translated into the squared circle where they would host certain guests, but the majority, which makes this different from other shows, was that the dirt sheet was on the internet on WWE.com. It made you go to another avenue to see this talk show. A memorable one and innovative. In a world of winners and losers, two men have risen above to bring you the Slammy Award winning show, The Dirt Sheet. Hi, I'm John Morris, and this is the world's most expensive cup of coffee. Really? Made in the manner of Kopi Lawak, I call this Kopi a la Morrison. Can I try some of the Kopi Alec Morrison? I don't think that's a good idea. And I'm your chick magnet. Thumb is! First off, we'd like to apologize to Tommy Dreamer for calling him a fat whale. He's actually more like a large walrus or manatee. (laughs) You know, I normally don't drink coffee because people say I'm really high-strung and when I start drinking coffee or caffeine or anything like that, I start talking really fast and people say I'm really annoying. Do you think I'm annoying, John? Drinking that coffee was definitely a bad idea. I'm all jacked up on coffee, baby! Yeah! I can run five marathons, me three marathons, four marathons. I can do anything I want, anything I dreamed of. Hell, I can, I can, I can go in the ring right now. I can take on, I can take an Undertaker. Look, I'm the Undertaker. John Cena. Yo, 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 this is John Cena, bro. What are you going to do about it? Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> I love coffee. Coffee, coffee, coffee. <laughs> Tommy Dreamer's fat. <laughs> Fatty, fatty, dreamer, 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 fatty. Oh my god, it's just coffee. It's just coffee. What am I going to do? Ah! 
Okay. Moving on, Chris Jericho's been talking a lot of trash about old people. And now, we have a message for Chris Jericho from some of those legends. Cut the music and try to keep the noise down while I take my robe off. This is what a real man is supposed to look like. I've seen a lot of fat sweat sows in my day, but none of them are as fat as Chris Jericho's mother. Chris Jericho! There will be no one to save you, nowhere to run, yet this will be burned with hot fire. In my final meeting with the gods from the heavens above Chris Jericho, they talk to my veins about the power of the warrior. Do you have what it takes, Chris Jericho, to be the most powerful force in the ocean? Chris Jericho, you are like the lazy salmon that gets caught and served as cheap sushi. I, the warrior, am like the other kind of salmon that swims up the currents of the rivers of death, jumps up the waterfalls, avoids the fishermen and the bears for the sole purpose of breathing. But my purpose, Chris Jericho, isn't to breathe. My purpose is to rip your wimpy arm off and rub it in your face. Won't the spaceship with the rocket fuel, the power of the warrior, will always be there? Think Ultimate Warrior drink a lot of coffee. Coffee, coffee, coffee. Coffee! Well, that's all the time we have this week. Because in life, there are winners and there are losers. We are the two-time Slammy Award-winning, longest-reigning WWE Tag Team Champions in recent history and current world's Tag Team Champions. Be jealous! The Highlight Reel. Chris Jericho's Highlight Reel. What can you say? Chris Jericho is one of the best workers on the microphone ever in the history of professional wrestling. And after his debut in 1999 in the WWF, it was only a matter of time before he would get his own talk show. We certainly knew it wasn't going to come in WCW. Jericho's show usually consisted of him making fun of another superstar, much like Piper would in Piper's Pit. But it seemed to be with even more sarcasm, and even used pictures or videos to make fun of them too. The Jeritron 3000 whatever he called it. It was innovative and added a new element to talk shows. This fit well because it was the highlight reel. So, of course, show reels of the guest or the few that's being pushed or propelled on the show. He has had a ton of guests on his show, and one of the most popular might be when John Cena got drafted to Raw and made his debut on the highlight reel. Chris Jericho can be a fun-loving Ayatollah of rock and roll, or a self-righteous, honest man who loves to call wrestling fans parasites. Jericho is a very charismatic person, and we cannot deny one of the best mic workers ever in the business. He's a natural person to host his very own talk show. Some say it could rival Piper's pit in greatness. You cannot deny that. He also had legends like Steve Austin, on the show, powerful and beautiful divas like Trish Stratus. If any superstars got on Y2J's nerves, which seemed to happen a lot, Jericho would just get into their face right up front and unleash his clever vocabulary upon that specific superstar. 
Now I remember the Jerotron 6000. As Jericho made many monumental and memorable moments via the Jerotron. One specifically was when Jericho put Shawn Michaels straight through that specific Jerotron. This fueled, added more fuel to their fire for their rivalry, which culminated in a great match between the two uh, at SummerSlam and involved Shawn Michaels' wife. And of course, this was ironic because this time Shawn Michaels was sent through the video screen, the Jerotron, as he did the same or similar to Marty Jannetty at the barbershop right through the glass window. So apropos, right? Edge made a special guest appearance on the highlight reel, which was memorable. The entire show, you could say, is competitive, if not comparable, to Piper's Pit. And one of the main reasons is the host. Jericho can talk with the best of them. One of the best mic workers of all time was one of the best talk shows of all time. Go, Jericho, go. Although, I must admit, you probably are a little bit miffed over what happened last Monday night on Raw at the end of Dolph Ziggler's match. I mean, I just happened to be filming it at the time, and I just happened to tout it as well. So why don't we go to the obscenely expensive Geratron 6000 and see exactly what happened. Roll the footage, monkeys. Well, it was indeed the uh, show-off Dolph Ziggler against Alex Riley there on your left. Chris Jericho was on commentary with King and I at ringside. Ziggler looked great, and then the trash talking began between the two. But the problem was that Dolph Ziggler couldn't keep his attention away from Jericho. And then Chris Jericho on the announce table would actually uh, videotape on his phone and then tout A-Rod sneaking up from behind and watch Chris Jericho's reaction. <laughs> Do you know? Ziggler incensed. You'll never be me. That was probably the best in tout history, wouldn't you say? I mean, the accusations, though, Vicky, between you and your client was that Chris Jericho can't win the big one, but judging to that loss to Alex Riley, it looks like Dolph Ziggler can't even win the little ones. I mean, I mean, nothing against Alex Riley. He's, he's a great competitor. He's one of the futures of this company, but up until Monday night, he'd only won one match in all of 2012. I mean, Vicky, that record is worse than your die job. This is exactly why Dolph Ziggler does not waste his time with you. Because you don't know the facts. All you have is footage. Let me tell you what the facts are. The facts are that Dolph Ziggler doesn't just think that you've lost your touch. And he doesn't just think that you can't win the big one. Dolph Ziggler knows it. And he can't wait to prove to you and everyone else when both of you go one-on-one at SummerSlam. Let me say this to you, Vicky, right now. I don't have to prove myself to anybody. My legacy stands on its own but Dolph Ziggler did say something to me that made me think it got into my head he's right 
My record hasn't been great in the big matches lately. And maybe it was time for me to reevaluate myself. Maybe it was time for me to change my ways, to have a change of heart. Maybe it was time to bring back Y2J. And I'll say this from this moment on, Y2J is back, baby! And I accept the challenge at SummerSlam. It's going to be Ziggler versus Jericho. And I'm going to prove to you, I'm going to prove to Ziggy, I'm going to prove to every single Jericho-holic in this arena tonight and watching from home that I have not lost my touch and I never, ever will again. And wait a oh, second. It's, it's Ziggler. Ziggler is out of nowhere, but Chris Jericho has turned things around. Ziggler. Oh! From Mr. Money in the Bank, Dog Ziggler. King's Court, Jerry the King Lawler, did not have the crowd chant, Jerry, 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 like on the Jerry Springer show, for his show, but instead the crowd chanted Burger King. It's not easy to be the king, huh? Lawler interviewed WWE superstars and Hollywood celebrities, a la William Shatner, Captain Kirk, and he would also get frequent beatdowns from his guests, too. We also saw the Ultimate Warrior get knocked over the head with a picture frame. The infamous warrior ball cap display was at that time. But it was a short-lived show, but it made a mark as it got the fans heated, as they hated Lawler at the time. He was such a good heel. And at times he would just walk around and call fans out or audience members to participate in King's Court. Or he'd just walk around ribbing everybody and an all-out roast for every fan a part of Monday Night Raw. Short-lived, The King's Court still made a mark as one of the most memorable talk shows of all time. Welcome back, everyone, to our Monday Night Raw. And yes, Raven King, the champ, welcome to the man in the ring right now. Of the King's Court. And by the way, I might add, when I walk down that aisle, you know you should get out of your seats, kneel down and kiss my royal feet. Do you understand that? Not gonna happen. Yeah. Because you see, at King of the Ring, I'm going to be facing 
from Scotland. Exactly. I'm going to be facing a guy that likes to talk like this and shake his hair, you know. What are the all-time I'm greats? Be facing a guy that wears a dress. Unquestionably well, a legend. Dress. You don't call it a dress. I know that for a fact. You know, only a true king would have enough guts to have that individual as a guest right here on King's Court. I predict he's going to get beat up right here, right now, and that's the bottom Just line. Yeah, yeah. My guest wears a t-shirt that says Hot Rod on it. Exactly. And my guest wears a dress. Uh-oh. I can't. bring him out here right Call before the storm. Right. Can it be? It's gonna break loose Can right now. There's the music. Get ready. I'm standing. A standing ovation for one of the Lost a little weight there. Who is this? Who is this? I'm not even going to ignore that statement. I know who it isn't. That's not Rowdy Roddy Piper. What? What's Jerry Lawler pulling here? Who does he think he is? Yeah. Talk about cheap imitations. Mosquito bites on a strand of spaghetti. <laughs> You've been working out, Hot Rod? I've been working out in the gym every day. I'm in the best condition of my life, man. Oh, man. Hey, Hot Rod, wait a minute. What happened to your hair? You used to have that long, stringy hair. Where'd you get that haircut? At a pet store? I got a cut at a pet store. <laughs> it was a special. <laughs> so I said, what the heck? I'm doing a new movie. It's going to be a sequel to Hell Comes to Frogtown. It's going to be called Hell Comes to Dogtown, starring my family <laughs> and a couple of my neighbors. Can you believe that? <laughs> Rowdy Roddy Piper, listen. You were in that movie. Wait a minute. You were in that movie called They Live, weren't you? That's right. And it should have been called... They're dead, or they're dead, because <laughs> every movie I do, <laughs> right down the toilet, you know what I'm <laughs> I do know what you're saying, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Well, how does it feel to be a guest now on the King's Court? Well, you I'll tell you something, man. I am so excited, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Should I sit down? <laughs> oh, no, wait, come on, stand up. You've been out in California too long. You don't have oh. to sit down. By the way, I wanted to ask you, I wanted to ask you about that, uh, is it called a kilt? <laughs> it's a skirt, man. <laughs> it's a skirt, okay. We're, we're, all, we're all curious. What's under that skirt? <laughs> I can't tell you. You don't want to know what's underneath the skirt. Come on, what's under there? Uh, nothing, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. Hey, I see you're sporting an earring, too, rowdy one. Uh, when'd you get that? Uh, this is typical Hollywood. I got it right here in town at a local bar uh, and grill. <laughs> yeah, I know. Does Marge Shot know you're wearing that? Yes. Okay, now listen. I want to ask you, what is going through your feeble mind, Rowdy Roddy Piper, to have the nerve to challenge me at King of the Ring? Do you know what I'm capable of doing to you? I know exactly what you're capable of doing. <laughs> and come to think of it, Jerry... <laughs> 
I want to back out right now, see? I don't want to fight you. It's all these morons out here that want me to get into the ring with you. All these Ohio airheads. And I don't want to fight you. And please, Jerry, I'm begging you. I'm begging you, please. Don't make me fight you. Please, I, I want to back out right now. He wants to back out. Rowdy Roddy Piper wants to back out. Well, what you got to do in order to back out of this match, Rowdy Roddy Piper, is you got to get down on your hands and knees and kiss my royal feet. Is that all right with you? That would be fine. Anything to get out of the match, man. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Don't get up yet, Rowdy. I want you to crawl on your hands and knees out of this ring, okay? Go ahead. Anything for you, King. You're the king. I think I'm getting sick. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's just a sample of what he's going to get at King of the Ring. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> the VIP Lounge with Montel Vontavious Porter, MVP. It put a little twist on the look of WWE talk shows. You had a bouncer with a clipboard giving the nod on whether you have access into the VIP lounge. Nice touch. In the ring, you have love seats and sometimes a flat-screen TV. You also have MVP as the host, who can be at times an arrogant, self-obsessed professional wrestler to its T, to its very core. But it worked. His talk show was the platform for his feud with Matt Hardy. MVP even mixed it up with Michael Hayes during one of his VIP lounges. It was different. Again, laid the staple and the groundwork, that core element needed for a talk show. You had the the basic set, added a little twist with the bouncer, and he got things popping and stopping, as MVP would like to say, sort of. It was different. MVP had the gift for gab. He could speak on the mic, and I think it propelled his character even more. So you can see the VIP lounge was a success. Not to the level of a pit, but... It was entertaining, and it laid many a shows out for SmackDowns, main events, or future shows on pay-per-views. That was the role of the talk show, to set up these feuds and rivalries and progress them. And the VIP Lounge did just that. We're in the VIP Lounge! Once again, MVP is in the ring, and that can only mean one thing. Big things popping! Little things stop I often amaze myself because here I am again in the VIP lounge. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy the view because the VIP lounge is for people better than you. Now, as you all know, I'm a world-class athlete from a world-class city and a party in world-class environments. So it's only fitting that I would like to discuss world-class championship wrestling. The tragedy and triumph of World Class Wrestling DVD is released this Tuesday. So if you people can scrounge up about 20, 25 bucks from your measly budgets, perhaps you could afford to buy a copy. See me, I'm hooked up because I'm connected. And uh, I gotta tell you, growing up, I was a huge World Class Championship Wrestling fan. And it's my opinion that the best rivalry during that time was without question, the fabulous Freebirds versus the Von Erich family. Now there's a lot of people here who might not be familiar with world-class championship wrestling because you all aren't students of the game like me. In the VIP lounge, 
with MVP. Freebird Michael Hayes. I got, I got Michael Hayes in the VIP line. Michael, why don't you grab a mic and have a seat, man? Make yourself comfortable. Okay, thanks. I'll, uh, I'll stand. No, no, really, make yourself comfortable. Have a seat, man. Get comfortable. No, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'll, I'll stand. I'd really like you to have a seat. I'd really like to stand. Okay, all right, all right, that's cool. Congratulations on your DVD. As a matter of fact, you know, I want to talk about that for just a second. I've watched it a few times, tremendous DVD. But even looking at the cover, there are a number of uh, tremendously talented individuals from world-class championship wrestling that are no longer with us. But you are. You're still with us, and you're here. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about that time, that era? Okay, well, first of all, I do want to thank you for time to come out and talk about the DVD because I think it has a tremendous message. I mean, it's no secret the fabulous Freebirds were wild and crazy guys 25 years ago, back in the 80s, along with a lot of the people that I worked with. But always in life, there are repercussions for your actions. There are consequences for your actions. And unfortunately, a lot of my co-workers paid the ultimate price. I mean, think about the Von Erics alone. Six brothers, five are dead. Only Kevin Von Erich is alive to tell this story, and he tells a hell of a story here and a truthful story. But I, I've never in my life seen anything that blatantly and glaringly gets the message across Say no to drugs. So basically what you're telling me is that there's a very serious message in this DVD. There is a great message, and if it gets through, if it gets through to one person, that's one person that didn't have to make that ultimate sacrifice and that worst consequence for their action. Okay. So basically what you're telling me is that the 80s, you know, you guys... Well, the 80s, the 80s were what they were, but a lot of us are not around because of the way we were. And that's the message I think that this will get to everyone. But you, you're the survivor, man. I mean, you are, look how sharp you look, man. Mental faculty still on point. I mean, you, P.S. Hayes, baby. Man, you all right, man. I, I tell you what, you look damn good for your age, man. Damn good for your age. <laughs> oh, wait, wait a minute, for, for my age. That's what I said for your age. Okay, okay, okay. You know, I'll, I'll take that shot. I'll take that shot. And as a matter of fact, let me give you some props. You kicking it around here. You got things looking, you know, clean and slick. I, I kind of dig your style, too. I really do. Uh, how old are you? Uh, let's just say that uh, I'm a lot younger than you. Okay, true that. True that. Uh, let me ask you one other question. You can tell time. If I'm not blinded by the brilliant diamonds on my iced out brightling, yeah, I can usually tell time. Well, good. Then you should be able to tell that your time is just about up with me. Now, unless you want your 20-year-old self to get dropped by a 49-year-old man, you better come up with some respect and you better come up with it quick. And don't cross that line. Well, since you want to talk about lines, let's talk about lines. Let's talk about the timeline of your life and the fact that you are getting very close to the end of it. 
Let's talk about your thickening waistline and your thinning hairline. Since you want to talk about line. Wait, 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 wait. take it easy, Michael Hayes. This is entertainment. It's for the, for the entertainment of the fans. You should know a little something about entertainment. Moonwalking in the ring and, you know, you brought rock and roll to wrestling. So let's just keep this thing professional. Okay, okay, we're going to keep it professional. Let's just keep it at the subject at hand, okay? I'm trying to get a message out. I'm trying to, you know, make people exposed to this DVD, okay? So if we can just do that, that's near and dear to me. Let's stay on subject. Okay, all right, so let's talk about subjects that are near and dear to you. It's been brought to my attention that you have a very special relationship with the Hardys. And that you consider them to be the, uh, the sons that you never had. Well, I, that might be a little bit over the top. I don't think it's any secret. I am very close with Matt and Jeff, but um, once again, that's off subject. Can we talk about the DVD? Freebird, it is okay if I call you Freebird, right? Of course it is. Uh, this is the VIP lounge hosted by MVP. So that means it's my show. And on my show, we talk about the things that I want to talk about. And what I want to talk about is how you felt when I decimated and crippled Matt Hardy and got that <laughs> weight up off my shoulders. How did that make you feel? Matt and Jeff are their own men. They handle their own problems. And I would strongly suggest when Matt Hardy comes back, you're going to have a huge problem on your hands. But since you seem to enjoy talking about you so much, since you love to talk about you, let's talk about you. Let's, yeah, talk, let's talk about, let's talk let's about you. That. Let's talk about last week how you got pinned by Rey Mysterio. Let's talk about earlier tonight when Teddy Long said you will defend the U.S. title against Rey Mysterio. And let's just do the old hat trick and bring this sucker home. Let me make a prediction that you will lose the U.S. title to Rey Mysterio. Since this is my show, let's talk about you for just a second. And let's talk about the fact that in the fabulous Freebirds, you were the proverbial third wheel. Without Buddy Robinson, Bam Bam, Terry Gordy to carry you, you were nothing. As a wrestler, you can't even lace up my boots, old man. Old man. That's what I say, Lace old up man. your boots. See, that is your problem. You have no respect for yesterday. You have no respect for the people that made yesterday, like the Freebirds, like the Von Erics, like the Ric Flairs, the Dusty Rhodes, the Ricky Steamboats, the Briscoes, the Funks. But guess what? You don't have to worry about yesterday. You don't even have to worry about tomorrow. What you have to worry about is today because I'm about to whoop your ass. Oh.
the present and the future me the one that is was and forever will be better than you the torch has been passed Margo. oh wait a minute an mvp here is your present and your future Rey Mysterio unloading on the United States champion. Rey Mysterio, the rights and lefts to MVP. And Mysterio not through. The VIP lounge has been destroyed. Mysterio has crashed MVP's party. And MVP wants nothing to do with Rey Mysterio. saw history, Michael. Greatest sports entertainer of our generation just knocked out the greatest sports entertainer of the past generation. MVP, but he's got a problem. He's got Rey Mysterio mad at him. From the VIP lounge to the cutting edge. It was really just a way for Edge to verbally and physically pick fights. It fueled the rated R superstar's character even more. There have only been a few good moments that came from the cutting edge, but it was memorable. Edge once called out all seven of his Money in the Bank opponents out so he could run down each of them individually. Innovative. I think this show actually made Edge a better mic worker and talker all around. It gave him the avenue to show his personality and develop his character even more. He also formed Rated RKO with Randy Orton on one edition of The Cutting Edge in 2006. The Cutting Edge was the last time Mick Foley was seen on WWE programming for a very long time before he came back recently. This is when Edge jumped off a ladder holding a chair and crashed it into Foley, who was laid out on a table. We weren't sure if we are going to see Mick ever again on WWE television. I truly believe The Cutting Edge was a fitting show for the character of the Rated R Superstar Edge, and it was interesting to see his feud with Chris Jericho develop, as both of, of the characters would be guests on each other's shows. Jericho on the highlight reel, and of course, Edge on The Cutting Edge, flip-flopping their guest appearances. An interesting component of The Cutting Edge was when Edge had his feud with Chris Jericho, and it wound up that the superstars that represented their own talk shows were guests on the other talk show, as Jericho was a guest on The Cutting Edge, and Edge was a guest on The Highlight Reel. It was a nice dynamic, and it made for original content, as we never really, really saw talk show hosts compete against each other and talk about one another on each other's show. It made it interesting. The Cutting Edge wasn't the most dynamic or diverse in terms of sets, but it made the Rated R character even stronger. Ladies and gentlemen, between his recent embarrassing road rage incident and his nasty divorce, my next guest's life is in a shambles. And up until now, he's not been allowed to speak. But tonight, tonight on the cutting edge, he breaks his silence. So I give to you the 16-time world champion, the nature boy, Rick Flair. Double A, how's it going? Where's Tully? Where's Oli? Rick, Rick, I'm not Arn Anderson, and, and the Four Horsemen broke up a long time ago. That's a lie, Tully, and you know it. 
And that's the bottom line, because the nature boy said so. Wait. Wait a minute. Rick, that, that's not even your catchphrase. Oh, yeah. Dig it! Okay, people, I, I apologize, people. You see, y'all seem to think that Ric Flair is some kind of original, one of a kind. But he stole everything. His nickname? He stole from the original nature boy, Buddy Rogers. His chop, his chop, he stole it from Wahoo McDaniel. And his world famous, woo! Yeah, he stole that too. He stole it from Jerry Lee Lewis. You know that rock star that was really big back in Ric Flair's prime? So Rick, come on, give it up. Why do you do it? It's cause I've got no shit. You got a gimmick and dramatic, woo! I'll rip it off. From Ashton Kutcher to Abdullah the Butcher, baby. Woo! Uh, all right, Rick, look, maybe we should switch the subject. We all know you got arrested for road rage, but what exactly did the driver do that made you so damn mad, Rick? Ho, 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 sweet Lita. Here's what happened. I was driving, I was sweating, I was bleeding. It was 4.30 in the afternoon, and I was going to catch the early bird special for dinner. Woo! And this guy pulls up alongside me, and he's got the gall to tell the truth. That edge is better than the nature boy. So I got out of my car, I pretended the driver was edge, and I beat the hell out of him. <laughs> well, Rick, that, that's a sad story. But why does it make you mad when people tell you I'm better than you? Because, Rick, I am better than you. Rick, I'm just plain better than you. But I'm the 16-time world Shut champion! Shut your mouth! Shut your mouth! I'm, I'm sorry, sir. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can take your 16 world championships. Because when I cash this bad boy in, when I cash in the money in the bank, my one title reign is going to last longer than all 16 of yours. So, Rick, come on. Admit it. Admit it to all these people. I'm better than you. Edge, I admit it. You are by far my superior. I, woo, am not the man. You are. Thank you, Rick. Now, now, is that so tough? Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for the honesty of my guest. From the rated R superstar Edge to his best friend, Captain Charisma Christian, Christian developed a peep show later on in his WWE tenure. Set-wise, the most monumental part of it, you could say, or the most memorable, was that little arrow pointing down peep show. You know, pun on words and all. 
the show was fitting for the Christian character. Didn't have the most memorable moments in terms of hot rivalries to take place, but it fit the character of Christian, and I guess they tried to fuel the rated R cutting edge style in the peep show. Nevertheless, Christian, I think, was able to display his mic work via the peep show, and it guess you could say in turn gave more confidence in the writers and the higher ups in the WWE to give him a shot at into propelling himself to the next stage or the next tier in the WWE. The Heartbreak Hotel. Mr. WrestleMania has done it all and even had his very own talk show called The Heartbreak Hotel. This talk show is only a footnote in Shawn Michaels' legendary career, but a memorable one. HBK Use this as a way to mouth off about Bret Hart and even about Doink the Clown. You name it, from Bret to Doink. He criticized them all. HBK used the Heartbreak Hotel as a way to fuel the sibling rivalry between the two WWE legends, Bret and Owen. A short-lived show, but again, Shawn Michaels was an emerging star trying to set himself above the rest and apart from the pack. And the Heartbreak Hotel was just another avenue, just another show, to help enhance the character of Shawn Michaels. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Heartbreak Hotel. What is this? The home of the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Hey, look at that lamp. Oh, boy. Just a sexy boy. Now I want you to know... That superstars in the World Wrestling Federation have been booking reservations well in advance just to be a part of the hottest show in town. But I have to tell you, there are absolutely no vacancies here at the Heartbreak Hotel. We are booked solid. Now, Shawn Michaels is the sole proprietor of this fine establishment, and Big Daddy Cool Diesel is the manager. Hmm. So I want everybody to understand that there will be no pilfering of towels, no five-fingering of ashtrays, because if there is, you're going to have to deal with Big Daddy Cool. Big Daddy Cool. Now I want you to take a look at this fine room. Who wouldn't jump at the chance to take a seat next to the Heartbreak Kid? A bed. Right you are, huh. sir. Yes. A bed shaped and like a heart. Man, take a look. Pillow cushions. At this beautiful. Like lips. Beautiful, luxurious room. Is this nice or what? That's classy. You know something? Here on my own show where I've been given valuable television time. Why? Because I'm worth it. <laughs> I'm going to take a couple seconds to get on to a more serious point. And that is you, Razor Ramon. You didn't think for a second that Big Daddy Cool Diesel and I were just going to dry up and blow away, did ya? We haven't even begun to start with you. 
So Razor Ramon, if you, my friend, have got what it takes, Big Daddy Cool Diesel would like to challenge you for your World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental Championship belt and bring it back to where it belongs, the Heartbreak Hotel. Razor Ramon, here you can check out, but you, my friend, can never, ever leave. The Heartbreak Hotel. Turn out the lights. It's checkout time. The Brother Love Show. The host of The Brother Love Show gave off a sleazy atmosphere with his obnoxious voice and would spew his catchphrase to the masses saying, I love you. At one point, it seemed Brother Love had all the top stars on his show. From Hogan to the Warrior to the Macho King Randy Savage. Many fans will probably remember seeing Steve Austin being introduced as Ted DiBiase's new million dollar champion. At the end of the Brother Love show, you will feel the urge to see someone kick that red-faced buffoon's behind all over that set. Now, speaking of the set, basic but effective. That red carpet, that pink background, you know, it was spewed with white all over. It gave you that preacher tone, and that's what I think Bruce Pritchard was going for, who played the role of Brother Love. He did it very well for a non non-active performer or a non-full-time competitor or entertainer, Brother Love did a great job. I will never forget personally watching the barbershop. At this time, I had my appendix taken out, and I was in the hospital due to it actually rupturing, and I had to stay for a period of time to make sure that the toxins that were I was exposed to due to the rupture weren't going to harm my body. Okay. I was about maybe six, seven years old at the time, so I was a young kid. I remember watching Superstars of Wrestling on television and watching Hulk Hogan get squashed by the mighty earthquake. Hogan was down and out, and this took place on The Brother Love Show. The Brother Love Show had many memorable moments. We can actually probably do a separate Beyond the Bell on The Brother Love Show itself and just play clips upon clips of the moments that made Brother Love so special or the Brother Love show so special in wrestling fans' minds. Like I said, for me, I'll remember the Hulk Hogan earthquake incident that I took so seriously and that took place on the Brother Love show. His style of being that preacher that's spewing his propaganda, you can say, to the masses, he always seemed to favor the heels. For example, when Jesse Ventura was named special guest referee for a top main event, at SummerSlam, in the early stages of the history of SummerSlam, it seemed that Brother Love was pushing for the heels to convince Jesse to take their side. Brother Love always seemed to want to favor those bad guys. But you cannot deny the Brother Love show was entertaining. It's that time again, McMahon. Praise your right. Brother Love. I don't know why he thanks people every time. He's a great, he's a gracious man. Great humanitarian. It is indeed a pleasure to introduce to you one of the premier managers here in the World Wrestling Federation. And she certainly lives 
boy. you dream a woman like that at night, McMahon. No, Jesse, uh... Welcome! Well, the Lord seems to be impressed. Wow, welcome, Sister Sensational! Thank you, brother, love you, tonight as always. Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce to you the greatest wrestler of all times, Next, undisputed World Wrestling Federation champion, none other than the Macho Man, Randy Savage! I beg to differ with that. The next undisputed World Wrestling Federation champion. That could very well happen. If it does, I think it could very well happen with a little assistance from Sensational Sheriff. against people. Yeah, it's true. And there's one going on right now against the Macho Man Randy Savage, the greatest wrestler who ever lived by Hulk Hogan and Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Because each of them realize that one-on-one -on -one that they can't beat the Macho Man Randy Savage. No, they can't. So they are thinking about double-teaming the madness. They're thinking about double-teaming me any chance that they get, possibly in a parking lot. It would be bad. Yeah, one-on-one, no problem. Two-on-one, possible problem. But it's a lucky thing, Sensational Sherry and Brother Love, that the madness is the world's greatest problem solver. Oh, yeah, I am. I've got someone to watch my back. I got someone to look over my left shoulder and my right shoulder at the exact same time.
Interesting, McMahon. Yeah, very interesting. I wonder what Hogan and Beefcake will have to say about this. Look at that man. He is a human wrecking machine. The Undertaker's Funeral Parlor. Now, back in the early 90s, The Undertaker was not a talkative type. Not to say he really is that much today, but he really was a silent superstar. He talked less back then than he really does even now. Hosting duties fell to his manager, Paul Bearer. The phenom was regulated to being the guy who would stuff the guest into his homemade coffins. The funeral parlor that is, you could say, the most memorable, or people remember the most, was the one where The Undertaker and Ric Flair jumped Hulk Hogan, and that moment propelled the dead man to epic heights, as this moment had led him to his first WWE Championship win at Survivor Series 1991. To me, it didn't really fit seeing Ric Flair on the funeral parlor, the flashy robe, the Stalin and profiling, in that dark, dingy set, which fit the show. You had the tombstones, the, like we said, the self-handmade coffin from The Undertaker and the fog, it fit the atmosphere would fit very well for the theme but it didn't fit other characters as guests so well, but it was memorable and Paul Barrett was a good host as he made the show so creepy Approaching oh, what could be his casket. Creepy, guys. Wait a minute. From behind, here comes the alleged real world champion. Ric Flair getting a bird's eye view of Hulk Hogan. Hogan reaching for a standing casket as Flair now confronting Hulk Hogan. 
Yes. Come on over here. You know how long I've been waiting for this very moment, big man, huh? Hey, you I'll know tell you. how long the real world champion has heard the name Hulk Hogan? You know how long I've had to listen to you talk about the 24-inch pythons, big man? Well, don't be ashamed of those butterflies you got rumbling in that stomach right now because big man i just burst that bubble you've been living in and i'm here on your doorstep with the real world championship belt compare the two in closing in closing what are you gonna do, Hulk Hogan, when Ric Flair runs wild on you? Out there, be it your Wait a minute! Call, Wait a minute! But Hulk Hogan from behind! Right there, Look! It's the Undertaker in the air! Undertaker hammering Hulk Hogan from behind with the urn! Coming out of the coffin! Look at that! They're all over him! Flair! Undertaker! All over Hulk Hogan! Trying to choke the life out of him! Undertaker! There with Rick Flair! That's it! Let's go! Roddy Piper! And Randy Savage! Leaving the broadcast booth. Look out, Flair now by Piper. Both that charge. Undertaker. Standing over the body of Hulk. Look at that. Undertaker not even flinching. What's he doing? Reaching down. Boom. Undertaker. Standing over Hulk Hogan. Get him out of here, I'm gonna kill him! Ric Flair, The Undertaker. From a pollard to a pit, the snake pit, Jake the Snake Roberts. He had a set that was tailor-made for his pet snake, Damien, who relaxed on a stone slab while Jake conducted interviews. It's a simple set, but it fit the snake. 
The set was a swamp forest-like setting that contrasted with the upbeat primary colors of the 80s, of course. You may be laughing, but I think it's really a good thing as it differentiates with Piper's Pit. The Honky Talk Man attacked Jake with his trusty guitar and, in that same instant, made Jake a fan favorite and ignited a very long feud. So again, setting up a rivalry, not only doing that, but actually creating a gimmick change going from heel to babyface. A switch was done on a talk show. No one really ever saw that before. Of course, we know Jake the Snake can talk on the mic. So people would think it would be fitting for him to have his own talk show. But just because Jake was great behind the mic doesn't make him a great interviewer. Talk shows, you have to be a good interviewer too to make the show flow in an entertaining fashion. Jake was good. But the Snake Pit may not have been the best role for him as an all-around character. And also having the Snake Pit in the very 80s style look that Jake had wasn't uh, it was a sight for sore eyes. The Snake Pit will go down as one of the greats for the sheer fact of the host of the show, the great Jake the Snake Roberts. Look in the mirror so Andre could get a shot. Yeah, I'm sure. And now Jake the Snake Roberts in the Snake Pit. You know, at this time, we know we're just a short time away. Like sands going through an hourglass. Time's running out for a few. One is honky-tonk, man. Honky-tonk on March 29th, my man. I'm very patient, but I'm going to take mine out on you. You see, the difference between you and I is you're a tail shaker and I'm a bone breaker. Born, sealed, and delivered the day I was born. Now, also on March 29th, I'd like to think of something happening, something going down, such as two worlds colliding. It's going to be unbelievable. It's something that this man, my next guest, has never faced. For the first time in his life, Hulk Hogan is going to be facing overwhelming odds. Come on in, champ. You know... For the first time in your life, man, the odds makers, the odds makers ain't picking you to do it. You know what I'm saying? You understand? They're saying you ain't gonna come out on top this time. Well, you know, I know what a whole lot of people are saying, Jake. Snake man, and I know what the odds makers are saying. But that don't really matter to me what a whole lot of people are saying. But he's so big and so strong, man. Well, you know what the mistake is, my man? The belt that you got in your hand right there, that's for a man that hasn't done it yet, man. This is where it's at right here. This is what's happening. He's going to defame this belt, beat me one, two, three, before he can wear that, man. And I doubt, seriously, at this point in time, that's going to happen, man. Yeah, but the president... Well, you got to admit, man, this is strange for me to be saying, and it's strange for a lot of people to accept has went so far as to make a special belt that will fit Andre the Giant. They've never made a belt for nobody else. They didn't make it for Bundy. They didn't make it for anybody. But they don't think you're going to do it, man. I'm telling you, that's what everybody's saying. Well, you know, I can understand that, man. I can understand the non-believers that haven't been Hulkamaniacs for three long years, that haven't felt every kick, every punch, every body slam. I can understand it. I can comprehend it. Seeing seven foot four, 550 pound Andre the Giant, I can understand how the whole world 
Maybe some of the non-believers might think that this is the most dangerous threat to the world heavyweight title. But they don't know the whole story, man. They don't know how it all went down, how Andre the Giant was on the verge of greatness. Now he's on the verge of disaster with Bobby the Weasel Heenan. And they don't know the man like we all do. But you gotta admit, Hulk, feel of that. There's a lot of gold there, brother. And there's a lot of people. I'm not saying I'm one because I keep my own thoughts to myself. But there's a lot of people sitting out there. And there's a lot of people sitting on their cans at home and saying, you know, you're out here talking about it, vitamins and prayers and teach your children that maybe that's just a spare tire in your life, that it's not the steering wheel. And all I'm saying to you is this, March 29th, when worlds collide, we're going to find out who the real champion is. Well, you know, first things first, you can take this back because I don't need it. Oh yeah, it's a huge belt, man. It's a huge belt for a huge man. Probably 70 inch girth around his waist. And oh yeah, seven foot four, 550 pounds, man. He's a monster, no doubt. But you know, he doesn't have what it takes to carry the whole load, man. To be the world's heavyweight champion, you gotta live this thing, man. You gotta live this 24 hours a day and the burden that would go on the Giants' back he doesn't have enough heart, man. He doesn't have enough guts in here to carry the load. And for all you non-believers out there that just recently jumped on the bandwagon and who may not be full-fledged Hulkamaniacs, you can play with this toy all you want until the 29th, brother. But on that day, go ahead and put it in a box because you're not going to be needing it. A flair for the gold. Flair returned to WCW as a face in February of 1993. And as a result of a non-compete clause, he had to host a short-lived show entitled A Flair for the Gold. It was his exclusive talk show in WCW because he couldn't compete inside the ring. So WCW was scrambling, trying to find a role for Flair on a consistent basis. Therefore, A Flair for the Gold was born. Some didn't like the show, but I loved it because it involved the Nature Boy. Arn Anderson usually appeared at the bar on the show's set. A la, you could say he was the Ed McMahon to his Johnny Carson. And of course, there was Flair's maid, Fifi, who was portrayed by Wendy Barlow. When Rick made his first reappearance on WCW television, it wasn't in an active role. So, what could WCW do? to keep the flamboyant nature boy on television entertaining fans. It fit. It made sense for the time. Let's give him his own talk show. That clause really hurt him from his WWF contract, so in essence, it gave WCW another opportunity to get the star-studded Ric Flair back on their programming while trying to get him in the mix. Non-competitive-wise, while not actually wrestling, it still got him in the mix by interviewing other superstars in WCW. Being in this role, Flair's name was kept fresh amongst the ranks. His mic skills were given the opportunity to flourish even more so, and new relationships began to form. Old friends Ole and Arn were among the first to join him on the program. And of course, the three set out on their search for a fourth horseman almost instantly, though they never really admit it on the air. Not long into the lifespan of a Flair for the Gold, Slick Rick invited the Hollywood Blondes, Steve Austin and Brian Pillman, to his program. At this point, the Blondes were the tag team champions and over as monster heels with the otherwise dead crowds of the day. 
They grab their spot, though, through hard work, interesting personalities, and consistency altogether, so fans respected them nearly as much as they hated them. The two came on the program with something of a chip on their shoulder. They berated Flair before a live TV audience. Flair attempted to verbally fight back, but the two were too quick-witted even for the nature boy. It actually seemed by the program's end that Slick Rick was left humiliated in his own spotlight. It wasn't exactly a familiar feeling for the former champion and was not one he wished to get better acquainted with going forward. Quite possibly the most memorable moment, though, on A Flare for the Gold was the debut of the Shockmaster. All right, the former Typhoon tugboat decided to burst through the wall of A Flare for the Gold, debuting this monstrous Shockmaster. In turn, it was a big guy with a glitterized Stormtrooper helmet who actually tripped on his way through the wall with the background voice hosted by one Ole Anderson, the Shockmaster came a-tumbling down as the superstars tried to hold back their laughter. The WSW stars were trying not to wet their pants. We saw wrestling history take place. This was all done on a flare for the gold. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a flare for the gold with your host, Nature Boy, Rick Flair, also featuring Fifi the May. Tonight's special guest will be WCW's most popular athlete, Sting. And now, Nature Boy, Rick Flair. Well, I guess you think Double A and I aren't headed to the China Club tonight. Wrong. What we've done here today is because of the magnitude of our special guest, we have built the show around physical fitness. It's the age of vanity. Everybody wants to look good, right, Double A? Exactly right. I see you have brought one of the legions of steppers that follows the enforcer wherever he goes. And you just keep on going up and down. BB, you're looking great. Folks, as I said before, we have one of the biggest stars in all of sports with us today and before i bring him out gotta take that deep breath because cp's gonna walk that aisle one more time and talking about physical fitness talking about looking good is there anything else like this on the business earth i don't think so all right as i said we're cooking we are looking bright this is a flare for the gold and my guest tonight you know it's funny over the years i've told everybody that I'm the greatest athlete of all time. Well, in all sincerity, whether I was lying or I wasn't lying, tonight my guest may very well be the greatest athlete in professional sports. I'm talking about the Stinger, three-time world WCW heavyweight champion. Stinger, how are you, brother? Oh, come on. You're looking good, man. Oh, come on. you got to understand the hesitation. I mean, one time, at one time, you weren't even on my top 40 list. You remember I tried that horseman thing? It didn't pay off too good for me. Yeah, but that's all behind us. I got, look at my show, brother. I'm a big star well, now. It looks good. I, I like wrestling's this. Wrestling's on a sideline for me right now. i got my own show, and i got to keep these ratings hot, and i got to have stars of your magnitude on the program. Have a seat, big man. Brother, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, you are really looking good. I mean, you're looking real good. Whoa! Whoa. Careful! Just like the old days, huh? Woo! Get a little jumpy there. Give me one more time, huh? Ah! All right. Now you sound like a singer. Hey, brother, I gotta tell you, I was in Asheville. 
Yeah, I always tell them I got to sit back and relax. I was in Asheville, and I saw you wrestle Big Van Vader in that strap match. I got to tell you, it's one of the most physical matches that I've ever seen in my entire life. You... I almost forgot Territory was staying, huh? Tell me we didn't build this show around you. This is the age of fitness, brother. It's vanity, and you're looking really good. As I was starting to say, the match with Big Van Vader, one of the most physical contests I've ever seen in my entire career. You were this close, brother, and my hat's off to you. One more time. Come on. Well, right. I've been closer than that with Big Van Vader. Go on. I, I don't mean to interrupt. Well, no, I just got to ask you. Where are you at now with Big Van Vader? Are you still really in the hunt? The WCW what, the he's, he's the master of the powerbomb. He's a big man, but I had his number at one time. I'll get it back. That's all there is to it. Well, you know what? I believe that. I think you're that great an athlete. I think you're that great a person. I think you're that dedicated. And I'll be honest with you, every time I hear that big blowhard call himself the man, you and I know that can't be right because I'm the man and I'm sitting well, I right get here. A, I get a sick feeling in my gut. Uh, I don't know if I agree with you being the man either right now. I mean, let's face it, he is a world heavyweight champion. At one time, you were the man. I was the man at one time, too. I was the man nine times. Only three for me. Oh, don't get like that. Don't be humble. You no, and I don't honest, it's just the We're truth. not face to face. Hey, look, let's not talk about the vicious. I hear rumblings about him coming in and Rick Rude and all that. Well, good. I let's had, have fun. Let me ask you one question that's been on my mind for years, been on the mind of all the fans. And we were always face to face. I could never get close enough to you to ask you, why do you wear the pants? Why do I wear the pants? You know, coming from you, Rick, I'm not sure how to take that. Are you saying that there's chopped liver underneath this no, paint? No, 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 no. This is a sincere question. This sincere is from Rick question. Flair and from all your fans. Why do you wear the paint? All right, well, I'll give you the honest to God's truth about this situation here. When I was a kid in grammar school, there was a kid that was half the size as, as me and everyone else in the class. Same age, skinny, freckles, picked on all the time. He wanted to be normal like everyone else, but he just wasn't. And I used to stick up for that kid. And not too long after I got into wrestling, I bumped into the same kid who was now grown up and also a very successful businessman. And he shook my hand with goosebumps all over him. And he said, Sting, I got to tell you something. I followed your career. I noticed the paint. I noticed how you, you gel with the people and especially the kids. You're different. I was different when I was a kid. You stuck up for me. And because you did, you gave me the confidence to become a very successful businessman. I just want to shake your hand. He shook my hand made me feel good so i do it for all those people out there especially the kids who feel like they might not be the same as everyone else hey we all know the brother you give up your private life you go to hospitals you attend charity functions that's you're right. great with the kids uh -huh. you speak against drugs speaking of kids hey, hey Stevie, what do you got here, here? all right have you guys heard the singer was on the show did y'all come and see the singer Sting's i guess she's doing a good hour guys it's the singer oh you Right, right in there, young lady. You get the pins and the books and everything ready to go oh, here. Right. Well, have a seat. I bet you never dream in your wildest dreams, young man. You'd be sitting next to the singer. Have a seat. Come on now. Relax. Yeah, I'm okay. going to. All right. This is great. And look at I should have known. See, you got that cross demographic. The little kids love you. The girls love you. Hey, you promised us some exercises today, huh? You want to exercise right now? Hey, we this want is you. about physical fitness, right? Yes. Okay. All right, everyone, let's come on. Let's exercise. You, you, you dressed up and dressed. Come on, girl. Excuse me, Double A, you're going to get into this I'm at all? In this. All right. You don't want to just jump right Come into on, the weights folks, and the heavy stuff. In. Just start. No, stretch it out first okay, a little bit, Rick. Touch right. his toes a little you bit. Know, I, I have all the jumping yeah, I know. Oh, oh, yeah. Double A, can you get those toes? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm overcoming this obstacle here. Maybe a couple of these twists here at the side. Just warm up. Take it easy. What do you think about all this, huh? Now maybe jump into the jumping jack. All right. All right. Do you see how long you can do that? Right here for about 20 minutes.
and we'll wrap up this edition talking about two of the most popular talk shows in wrestling history, one of which was on primetime television and the other a spinoff from that show. What is Sean Beckerman talking about? Tuesday Night Titans and the spinoff, The Bobby Heenan Show. What is The Bobby Heenan Show, you may ask? If you have to ask, you must have never seen it, and you must not know who Bobby Heenan is. That's why at the top of our program we play the Bobby Heenan theme, because Bobby Heenan was the epitome of a talk show host. If you'd seen it, you would definitely remember it. Alright, a little background is in order for you fans. Back in the mid-1980s, Vince McMahon tried a number of different things to make wrestling more mainstream. In addition to the obvious, such as bringing in mainstream quasi-celebrities and creating the rock and wrestling connection, there are a number of less successful, you can say, ideas that he had during that time period that have been lost in the annals of wrestling. This was overshadowed by the successes of Raw and Nitro. One of those ideas was WWF Tuesday Night Titans, a.k.a. TNT, the original TNT in wrestling. It was a wrestling talk show, plain and simple. It was hosted by Vince McMahon himself. It was your basic talk show, except all the guests were wrestlers, and they were all in character. This show brought us great moments like Kamala eating a live chicken, yes, the Samoans putting whole raw fish in a blender and then drinking it, and the hearts and flowers section where wrestlers would give romantic advice, such as Freddie Blassie telling a lonely woman that if she shaved her armpits and put on some deodorant, Maybe she'd find a man. Probably one of wrestling fans' all-time favorite memories or bits was the show that was the mating game, which was structured like the dating game, and the three bachelors were Bret Hart, Jim Neidhart, and Jimmy Hart. The woman picked Jim Neidhart, and when she saw him, she ran off screaming. Great segment. When you look back at it, it's quite obvious what Vince McMahon was trying to go for, that mainstream type of presence or presentation of WWF programming. His Ed McMahon on the show was none other than Lord Alfred Hayes. We saw some great segments debut off of Tuesday Night Titans, one of which we discussed in length on Beyond the Bell, Fuji Vice, which spinned off two other editions of the Fuji series, which we discussed on a previous edition of Beyond the Bell. Check out that one, some great audio there. But TNT produced many memorable moments by, you can say, shaping the characters of the superstars. It heated up rivalries while providing comedic value. Due to the many guests, we saw many personalities, one of which was Bobby the Brain Heenan, which in turn produced a spin off entitled The Bobby Heenan Show. Roddy Piper had become the co host of the WS Weekly Show along with Gorilla Monsoon. Therefore, he had taken the brain spot. So the up was Bobby Heenan getting his own talk show. Like many other shows, it was an incredibly funny show that had a cult following and had the element of The Tonight Show. And at the same time, it had Jerry Springer as content as all the guests were really bizarre. Not unlike Jerry Springer, he would just rip the poor saps to shreds. He always gets a zinger or two in on whatever program he's on, from WWE television to to WCW to anything that he was ever on, Bobby always got a zinger in at one point or another. So for those of you who haven't seen it, imagine him being the host of his own show where the guests are easy targets. That That show was a field day for Bobby. 
It was like putting him in a shooting range with a, a, a gunsman. The show was really low budget, and the content of the entire show seems to have been done in one take. But at times, that produces the best shows when you do it straight through. In fact, it seemed like all three episodes might have been filmed in one day. As I watched The Bobby Heenan Show, it seemed like the shows got funnier and funnier. The premiere episode was a work in progress, you could say, but the second, and especially the third, were incredible. For obvious reasons, which I think you will soon see once you watch it, as you watch the third one, you could say you will laugh so hard, it's hard not to gag yourself. Bobby is at his best on this talk show. I suggest definitely going back. We'll play a clip for you here, but go back and relive the Bobby Heenan show, one for the books. And it proves that you don't have to be a wrestler to provide entertainment and sports entertainment, but also talk shows aren't just about feuds, rivalries, and putting superstars over. Sometimes a talk show is just geared towards entertaining the fan. And we know Vince McMahon loves entertainment. He loves going outside the wrestling box, so to speak. The Bobby Heenan Show was just that. One of the greatest shows of all time. Hello there. I'm Lord Alfred Hayes, and this is The Bobby Heenan Show. Bobby is a gentleman whose personal charm is only exceeded by his mercurial wit. His ability to ad-lib knows no other equal. He is indeed the prince of verbal perfection, and without doubt, the one and only star of The Bobby Heenan Show. I have the profound joy to introduce Bobby Heenan. Alfred, you've done it again. Well, wait till you see the stars and the guests I have on this week. If you think last week was something, mm -mm, the ratings are going to go right through, right through the sky. But first of all, last week I had this poor misfit of society on. His name was Jeremy. Guy didn't have a job. Guy couldn't get a job. Doesn't even know what a job is. I thought, hey, I'm a nice guy. I got my oinkettes. I got my own crew, I got my own announcer. I'm gonna get the guy a job. I may need something. I may need something picked up off the floor. I may need to go get coffee. I may just need something. Well, I'm gonna bring him out now. And I'd like a warm welcome at home, you people sitting on the render furniture. My sidekick, my man's man, my gopher, Jeremy, Jameson, doesn't, whatever. I heard everything you said back there. God. You want the job or not? Sit down. You don't have to wave to people. I gave you a job. Did you have a job before you met me? No. Did you have any visible means? I'm not touching you. I told you. Health Department won't allow me to do that. One of these your... weeks, you're going to shake my hand. I know it. Yes, my hand will fall off. You have your shell pest strip on? Now, you had no visible means of support. Uh-uh. You weren't doing nothing. You didn't know where your next meal was coming from. Nope. I'm going to take care of you. Put nice. yourself in my hands. I like you, Bob. I'm not here to make fun of you. Everybody knows that. You're my kind of guy. Mm -hmm. You're like me. Mm -hmm. Just sit there and shut up and... You make those... You got a tape recorder on? You couldn't make those disgusting sounds just come out of your beak. Mmm. Knew that'd get you. Yes, that's nice. <laughs> You're a class guy. I know. You got your light socks on today? Yeah. Okay, you got your shorts on uh -huh. straight? I wear the same thing I wore last week. Look. You know why? Why? It's the only thing you probably got. No, it isn't. 
It isn't? Uh-uh. Okay. Didn't you wear that jacket last week? I always wear red. It's my favorite color. Mm -hmm. Now, don't ask me what I wear. It's my show, you moron. <sighs> well, I have to work with you. Well, you're not going to believe the guest I have coming up. So get your pillows ready, fluff them up, sit down, relax, move out of my way, moron. And get ready, because the guest I have coming up is unbelievable. But let's go take a little break here, just to relax. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. time to thank the sponsors of Beyond the Bell. They help bring this pro wrestling nostalgia podcast to you each and every week. Barbershop Window, the place that makes wrestling t-shirts cool again to wear. They release brand new shirts each and every week. Follow them on Twitter at bshopwindow and go to barbershopwindow.com now to make your wrestling wardrobe cool again. The SNS Radio Network, your home for pro wrestling, mixed martial arts, and video gaming. Get all the latest news and listen to innovative audio released daily. The network is anchored by the two flagship shows, Wrestling News Live and Sunday Night Showdown. So go to snsradionetwork.com now. If you're not listening, you're not trying. Ringannouncing.com, the home of the future of ring announcing. Sean Beckerman. You can watch the latest videos and demo reels of Sean Beckerman on the independent wrestling scene. Go to ringannouncing.com and follow the future of ring announcing. Combat Zone Wrestling on DVD. Catch the ultra-violent wrestling promotion on TV or on your computer. You can purchase all CZW ultra-violent events on DVD and stream them live straight on your desktop computer at czwrestling.com. Get ready to get ultra-violent with CZW. The National Wrestling Alliance. Tried, tested, honored, and revered. These three initials have represented wrestling since 1948. The NWA has been the breeding ground for the greatest stars in wrestling. You can catch the NWA nationwide through multiple affiliates from coast to coast. The National Wrestling Alliance. Go to nwawrestling.org. Preserving tradition and blazing new paths. If you are interested in becoming a sponsor for Beyond the Bell, send all requests to BTB Wrestling at gmail.com. Join the Beyond the Bell revolution now. It's go time. All right, my old school fanatics, that wraps up another edition of your pro wrestling nostalgia show that everyone loves or loves to hate, known as Beyond the Bell. Tonight we relived the greatest talk shows in professional wrestling history. Right now we see Miz TV debuting, in which it wasn't so popular at first, but maybe there's some hope for The Miz, there was for his dirt sheet, but no one can deny the value of a talk show segment in professional wrestling. If done right, it can not only make the superstars on the show, but send the host to the next level in the business as adding the element of mic work to his character. And we all know mic work is so essential when you're a sports entertainer. All the shows we mentioned tonight are works of art in one way or another, and they all somewhat live up to the expectations or the legendary status 
of Piper's Pit. From the barber shop to the Bobby Heenan show, we covered it all, and I'm looking forward to many years to come to see the new shows that debut in the WWE and professional wrestling in general. Remember, old school fanatics, you can download all of the archive shows of Beyond the Bell at my official website, ringannouncing.com, as well as snsradionetwork.com. For all of you smartphone users, you could download all archive shows directly via iTunes, the Stitcher app, and TuneIn Radio. You can catch new episodes of Beyond the Bell every Monday night, each and every week. Connect socially to Beyond the Bell via Twitter, at Sean Beckerman. Become a fan of Beyond the Bell on Facebook. Contribute to the message board at ringannouncing.com under the forum section. Get ready to go back in time to rewind and relive all things retro in wrestling. Your Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast is here. If you're not listening, you're not trying. So let's go for the three count and wrap it all up with some old school music. Let's take it home. We mentioned the Brother Love Show. And one of the things that set the Brother Love Show apart of other talk shows was for the fact that the Brother Love Show theme played through the entire segment. Not many shows have done that. The entire segment involved the Brother Love theme, which was blasting through the speakers as he preached and interviewed his guests on the popular show. So we'll wrap it up. Till next week, fans, when we rewind and relive all things retro and wrestling, I'm your ring-announcing host, Sean Beckerman, signing off, and I'll see you at the matches. (laughs) 